Welcome to Biohacking with Brittany, a podcast focused on holistic health, nutrition, biohacking, and more. I'm your host, Brittany Ford, registered holistic nutritionist and self-proclaimed biohacker. During the last 10 years, I've focused on healing my gut and hormonal issues through lifestyle changes, nutrition, and of course, biohacks. And now I teach others to do the same. I'm so excited you're joining me today. So let's dive right in. Okay. Welcome everybody to another episode of biohacking with Brittany, the podcast. Today is a very, very special day. We have Darren Olin with us, um, who is the co-host of down to earth, which is a show with Zach Efron for people who don't know it's on Netflix. Um, but he does way more than that and has accomplished way more than that. He has a number one health and wellness podcast called the Darren Aline show. He's an exotic superfoods hunter, a supplement formulator, author of the book, super life, which is a New York times bestseller and founder of Baruca's nuts, a superfood nut from Brazil. Um, so welcome to the show. Hey, Brittany. Stoked to be here. Uh, look forward to diving down the rabbit holes. Amazing. Cool. So, I love anyone who like is into biohacking or identifies as a biohacker. I love to ask them this question. Um, so do you think your initial attraction to biohacking is primarily nature or nurture based and why? I was just going to say uh, nature a hundred percent because I think nature in it, in its core is hacking it's hacking towards life. Um, so, so that to me is the number one nature has it already. We're not going to hack over nature. If we do, there's some infinite and very deep consequences as a result. So nature, a hundred percent all the way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when you first got into biohacking a few years ago or however long it's been, was that something that you felt was, coming from within you, like an innate feeling, or was it more, again, like, I guess, nature around you or the people around you that kind of led you towards it? Yeah, I never really considered any of it biohacking. I just considered it like, what's, what's going on in our modern day world, we have mm -hmm. a lot of things that we've created in our modern day world that also has consequences, which is why in my podcast, I created what's called fatal conveniences, right? So that's running alongside of optimizing our own health and well-being. And they, they are juxtaposed and also have to be dealt with in the same diligence, right? So on the one hand, you know, we're shampooing ourselves and we're using deodorant and those things have chemicals unless you've done your own vetting and gotten away from mm -hmm. the whole chemicalized side and then really the superfood hunting is really just also was going out to like, hey, what are the herbs in our modern day world? If we're just getting beaten up mm -hmm. by all of the intensity, by the stress, by the lack of nutrients in our soils, by mental health issues, by whatever the underlying principles or, or not principles are, then what can I find? to help turn on and help modulate the body that much better. So 
Um, before the term was even a term, I was mm -hmm. looking for those plants, those botanicals that were used some, some 10, 20,000 years, traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, and how can I get those in the most effective way, meaning it's so good for good business practices, obviously, and we can unpack all of that in a bit. Um, how can I get that so then I can deliver not a marketing story, but a real story of what these plants are and what they can do um, to help someone. And so, so really it's, it goes down to two things, you know, stop exposing yourself to known or maybe unknown and you have to educate yourself to um, hormone disrupting, chemicalized personal care products, EMFs, et cetera. And then how can you then best optimize yourself knowing what you now know. And then, you know, again, all of the best hacking stuff, some mm -hmm. of it is, should be left alone. Some of it's a bunch of shit. Um, but the best stuff is, is the, the template is nature, mm -hmm. right? So the best biohacking is get out from under your roof. 97% uh, of our lives used to be outside. So, don't wear shoes, put your feet on the ground, get out in the sun, take in fresh air, get oxygen. Like that's, th mm -hmm. that's three biohacks that you can do just by getting up from behind your computer and going outside. So, so that to me, nature, nature has got it. And I'm definitely not going to recreate that, which is the template is perfect already. Yeah, I totally agree. And like, it's the same thing whenever people ask me about like how to get into biohacking or what are my favorite biohacks, it's always the free ones. And it's always the ones that are just rooted in nature because honestly they create the best results, like above buying any new like tech or gizmo or supplement. Like it's like you said, like put your feet on the earth and get sunshine every day, move your body outside. Like, there you go. Exactly. Yeah. We don't need to like overcomplicate it. And I think that's a really good point. Um, so in terms of like your superfoods, like I know you're very well versed in this area. I would love for you to kind of, we don't have to go back to like how you found Baruka's nuts, but kind of just explain what they are and why you think they are superfood in the first place. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll broaden the definition of superfood. And it, because oftentimes it's a, it's a word that's used, like, how is this going to benefit me? Mm -hmm. Now that's important, but it's part of the pillar. The pillar also goes back into how is this affecting the environment that it's coming from? How do you best understand what's going on? And if I take these Baruca nuts out, how can the same area, in this case, it comes from the wild, how can that wild still flourish? At the same time, how can this create an economy that doesn't exist anymore um, that we can actually spark? So there's a fair traded kind of situation. And then also from a business perspective, when you show up, which I have several times to the Sahadu, where the Badu Zeta tree is, where the nuts come from, you quickly realize that this area, this environment in Brazil is being destroyed, being deforested faster by the way, than any other area in the world, right? So being destroyed and largely for uh, cattle grazing, cattle uh, food production and very unsustainable practices. So, so again, the superfood goes into how is this affecting 
the foragers and the collectors? How is this affecting the environment? How is, and what can we do to do to, to propagate that, pay them fairly, plant trees in an area that's being deforested. And then the great thing is this nut, which is a wild food, very important to understand. There's no pesticides, no herbicides, no outside irrigation. This is wild. So we literally, you can't pick it early. You can't go on a monocropping field and start grabbing them. Doesn't exist. This is an, a landmass that's the size of three states of Texas combined. It's huge. Oh. And so we have created organizations to go out and collect that which falls because it has to fall from the tree in order for that nut to be formed. Mm -hmm. And it comes, that nut then is formed perfectly on the exact time that it needs to, to create the most nutrients in a harsh environment that creates stress and that stress translates into nutrients for us. And so this tree produces this nut, we have to crack it open. We get that one nut per fruit, we call it. And, and then we tested that nut. Here's the crazy thing. It was blowing on every category that we tested from micronutrients to vitamins, to antioxidants, to fiber, to fats, to, to protein, it blew away every nut. So when you added all that up, you're going, how is this possible? This is a wild food. This is doing so good, but the customers now are going to benefit because it's truly that superfood delivering on the nutrients um, to that end consumer. And by the way, the, 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 the massive uh, explosion when I first tried these was how is it possible that the nutrients are so plentiful and so diverse and yet it's literally the most delicious nut ever. <laughs> like how, so it, I'm looking around going, how is it that I'm in that position? Well, I've put myself in those positions for a long time. So therefore it, it came to me and we created a business around it. We set these pillars in place to always do ethical uh, business practices mm -hmm. and, and then get out this nut. And so my, early years, I was so excited about botanicals and herbs and foods that I would find just as, as nature in me, I just wanted people to, to have them. I just wanted them to get the benefits that I was seeing in them. And that's still at my core. And yes, you have to create business models around it. You have to actually make it a business. So it's sustainable mm -hmm. or else if it's not, then you can have all the dreams you want uh, and it doesn't actually support itself. And, and it is supporting itself now. We're doing fantastic in about three and a half years. Uh, and now it's starting to catch and people are getting the benefits, but they're also getting that taste. And mm -hmm. once you get that taste with all those benefits, why would you, why would you get an inferior nut? Like, like the almond, for example, it's, it's stealing so much water in California that the same amount of people living in California is the same amount of water they use every year on the almonds. And so it's just a completely unsustainable, horrible situation 
So, mm -hmm. so we're just kind of filling in a space of a wild food, protecting the environment, as well as supporting the indigenous people that really need the money. And, uh, and then the people get to benefit because it's really good tasting. It's really good for them. Cool. I love that. Um, I actually haven't tried them yet, but I oh am going I, to <laughs> send me your, send me your address and I'll for sure send you a whole bunch. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, cause they sound so good. Um, I find it so interesting that it's so nutrient dense and we are not that aware of it. Like, like why, why isn't it on the shelves everywhere? Like, why does it take so long for it to become mainstream? I don't know. I mean, there's, there's big systems in place, right? So there's big, you know, there's big distributors, there's big, big interests, you know, the multi-billion dollar business just in the almond. It's not like they're trying to suppress these things, but mm. when you're introducing something new, there's layers and layers to it because there's education, there's trust, you know, unfortunately, over time, people trust certain foods that that now the way they're processed, the way they're handled, they really shouldn't trust them, but they're they're familiar with them. So we all we're all creatures of habits. Right. So we're we reach for like almonds and then we think, well, they taste the best out of any nut or peanuts or whatever. But then they come come with mycotoxins and whatever. And they're a little weird but I really love the taste. So you just kind of go back and forth and oh, cashews are great, but they're creamy, but I can't eat too many of them. It gives, hurts my belly. So it's like whatever the thing is. And then you introduce this other one. And I'm telling you, if I had a nickel for every time someone tasted it in front of me and said, wait, what? Like, how do I not know about this? Wow. How is the world not know about this? And listen, I've come away from countries around the world with, handfuls and hundreds of of botanicals and ingredients and benefits that no one's ever heard of and that's how huge the world is that's how diverse mm. the rainforests are the savannah of brazil the the for god's sakes the oceans i have colleagues yeah. that are working on the the botanical um um study and experimentation of what's in algae and they believe that the different forms of algae off of off of reefs and they're not taking it from the wild reefs they're growing these reefs and they're studying them and there's more diversity they're finding in a reef than the actual rainforest itself so think about that you know there there's one in tasmania a, 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 an algae called asparagopsis where if, if you give 0.2% of that, of, of the overall feed to, the, to a, a cow, the methane production goes away by 99%. So we know so little, but we're focused on the land. We know less about the ocean and yet there's more diversification. So my answer is, it is amazing that you come <laughs> into contact with things that people don't know about but the truth is the humility that we all should mm. take a step back this is a blue planet this is an incredible ecosystem so number one got to be more aware of what we're doing how we're doing it mm -hmm. we should definitely support companies that are doing it right and also with new and uh beneficial compounds or or, or 
uh, foods. It, it is, it is endless, but we need, we need to do it correctly or we'll just keep running into to system failures where we'll exploit and take, and there's some serious consequences to that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think we see that a lot with like the superfood narrative in general, right? Like I, I like the idea of superfoods and I think that they can be very beneficial for people, but I also don't like them in terms of like a quick fix. Right. So we kind of saw that with like celery juice. I don't know if you saw that on social media, like a while ago, everyone was drinking celery juice for everything. And apparently it heals everything. Right. And I never, I never got on the bandwagon just because I don't think it replaces a healthy diet, a healthy lifestyle. Um, So how do you incorporate superfoods, but without like treating them as that like quick fix? Totally. Well, I'll be the first one to say they are not a Mm -hmm. quick, quick fix. They're only a part of the overall picture in our modern day world. Number mm-hmm. one, indigenous people have always been eating the indigenous, the, the super quote unquote superfoods and medicinal plants and tannins and bitters and pungents and sour foods and, and plants for, for a millennia. And we have gotten far, far away from that. Mm-hmm. We have, we have narrowed down and, and, and don't, we don't have the diversification that we used to in terms of food. So from a diversification standpoint, we need to get exposure to more and more foods. But, but I, I will, I mean, listen, my, my super life book was based in a hundred percent basic, powerful pillars of, of things that you can do sleep well, uh, support your microbiome, uh, learn to breathe because we're actually, you know, not breathing well, we're sympathetically breathing, uh, instead of breathing fully, we're not incorporating oxygen, we're not, um, we're not getting normal food diversification, right? So Mm -hmm. we're not eating uh, 300 plus like our ancestors through natural foraging, we zero in on 30, right? And we're kind of eating our same thing. And then if it's not fresh, uh, you're, you're now eating processed food and you're going further and deeper away from that, which is natural, natural and nature. Um, and then at the same time, you need to sleep and at the same time, a huge chapter in water, uh, and, and exercise. And like I said, get your ass outside, get in the sun. Don't demonize the sun. Don't put stuff on your skin to block the vitamin D production. Like, so, so yes, all of that. And get some powerful plants in you and mm-hmm. that it doesn't have to be crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, you can find ginger, uh, ginseng is a powerful adaptogen. You can find turmeric. Uh, you can diversify your, 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 your salads, right? You know, celery is a great detoxifier, uh, easy to grow, uh, basil, uh, chard, deep leafy greens. Uh, and, and so there's a ton that we can just, I mean, hell, if everyone listening can just plant, plant plants again uh, and start eating close to home, if you have that, even if you have a little space, start growing your own herb garden in your windowsill if you're in an apartment. You can literally, in, in a not so much much space, you can grow a lot of food. So 
And that puts us in touch with the microbiome. That puts us in touch mm -hmm. with the soil. That puts us in touch with what's around us and the shared biome that we live in. So, so yeah, I believe in all of that. And because of our stress for stressful modern day world mm -hmm. and stress comes by way of the water we drink, if not filtered correctly, the air that we're breathing 60 to 90 untested, 60 to 90,000 untested chemicals are emitted in our environment every year. So we're getting stressful, uh, uh, connections in our air we breathe, our food we take, the pesticides on our food, um, all of that, the, the personal care products that are that hormone disrupting us, uh, the stains on our, on our floors and the paints on our walls, the fire retardants in our things. So there's a ton that we can optimize mm -hmm. in our, and, and how we're eating, what's in our environment, switch those out, doesn't have to be inconvenient, uh, switch those out. And then also just start bringing in, start playing with plants and herbs and teas and things like that, chia seeds and start reaching out and you'll start feeling and building. And listen, especially now more than ever with the stress levels high, lean on adaptogenic herbs. There's a reason why ashwagandha has been used for over some say over 20,000 years, right? So it's an incredible adaptogen, maca, chaga, reishi, astragalus, like all of those kind of things, cacao, 100% cacao, no sugar, feel good, phenylethylamine <laughs> makes you feel good. Lean on these foods. These are powerful, powerful foods that can provide you a ton of benefit uh, and be your allies. So, mm -hmm. so I really like... You can put whatever title you want super on anything because growing your own food in great soil and watching those powerful green, green leaves photosynthesizing the energy of the sun and you eating those two hours after picking, you're going to feel it. That's, that's as much as superpower as it gets. So there's a lot to do. You don't have to be oversaturated with all of the things and the elixirs there's spaces for that and there's power in that mm -hmm. and at the same time it does not replace foundational principles of health i want to pause this episode briefly to talk to you about emphys so if you've been following me for a while now you know that this is something that i have really been pouring myself into um, to develop for you. MVs are healthier underwear for women, made by women. Um, they protect against EMF, radiation, and bacteria. And they do that through the type of fabric that I'm using. I've started going to um, sewing classes and pattern making private lessons in order to make sure that these are very modern comfy and cute and not granny panties, unlike the couple of um, options on the market right now. So this is super important. The, the underwear protects the female reproductive parts, specifically the ovaries, um, from all of the radiation that's around us. So in our car, from Bluetooth, from our phone, from computers, from Wi-Fi, all sorts of things. Um, and this matters, right? Like we're learning more and more about how our environment impacts our health. And 
EMF is tough and radiation is tough because we actually can't see it. So it's kind of one of those things that we just don't necessarily think about because we can't like visually see it on a day-to-day basis, but that does not mean it's not impacting our health. And the science backs us up now. There are countless, countless studies on this, um, on how EMF can impact fertility, ovulation, pregnancy, um, also like cancer and mitochondrial health. The ovaries are actually the most dense um, organ in the body that has mitochondria in it. They have 100,000 mitochondria per cell in the in the ovaries, like per cell. That is insane. And so we really want to make sure that those little mitochondria are doing their best, are functioning at their best. And we want to block any EMF, any radiation from um, impacting how they function because I want women to have healthy cycles and healthy hormones and uh, healthy pregnancy and fertility and not have further, much more serious complications in the future. So this underwear helps you get there like one step closer. Um, and so that's that's exactly why I developed it. And so pre-orders are coming this summer. I'm really, really excited about it. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. And it has been a lot of fun um, in the months that I have been developing them. So if you're interested in, in getting on the waitlist, the waitlist can be found at biohackingbrightening.com slash emphies. That's E-M-F-I-E-S super easy. Or you can just go to the link in my Instagram bio. Um, You can just sign up right through there as well. So definitely get on that wait list. It's growing pretty quickly. Um, And everyone on the wait list will have access, early access to pre-orders, which is super important because it's going to be quite a limited quantity to start, I think. So get on the wait list. um, And yeah, if you have any further feedback, I'm always open to hear what you think and what you're looking for, even product wise. Like, um, yeah. And a bunch of you have already asked me if I'm going to be creating things for children or for men, which is very interesting, but I think we're going to focus just on the females for now. So get on the wait list and I look forward to dropping these very soon. Do you think we're moving towards more diversification in our food and diet? Or do you think it's getting even worse? Like, like we're like in 10 years, if we were having this conversation, do you think it would be worse? I think there's two tracks. I think there's a track that people are going to just white knuckle and continue to the same path and factory farm like plants to death and the environment to death and all of that stuff. I think there's that path. And I also am very optimistic because I see it and I talk to the people I'm out in the world and I see the regenerative uh, aspect that's going on, the restorative aspect that's what's going on. And by the way, I've talked to some of the biggest companies in the world and there are parts of them that know the writings on the wall. And that's from us. That's from the consumer listening, uh, being, being more aware and really then taking their harder money and buying products and food and supplements that are better aligned with their morals, their ethics and quality. And these big companies from food manufacturers um, to, to uh, personal care, to even the, you know, 
car manufacturers, whatever you want to call it, they know that the green movement, the transparency movement, the restorative, regenerative movement, it's here, it's here to stay. And we are transforming that as we speak. So two things are going on quite powerfully. The same, the mm -hmm. chemicalized, gnarly, mm -hmm. crazy shit. And there's the same people that will buy the, all of that crap and there's nothing we can do about that. They can awaken when they want to awaken. They can, it's not my job. If they ask a question, if they're willing, then great. We want to be there when they wake up. And at the same time, I'm stoked uh, that we are doing some powerful movements forward for the environment. Um, you know, for example, a little bit on a tangent, but the single use plastic. Does anyone ever really know how to deal with single-use plastic? Is there really a solution that someone can say on a big scale, can mm. say, well, what do we do about that? Well, I know two ways. And I know one company that is working with literally the biggest companies in the world, this company called Footprint. And they're literally changing, they're using plant-based fibers and they're changing single-use plastic uses of some of the biggest companies in the world, selling billions of units of these containers and, and trays and, and stuff like that and cups. And now those big companies are buying in. So we need to squeeze off and stop some of this toxic stuff and at the same time start cleaning it up. And I'm involved with some technology types of pyrolysis where you can throw in plastic and, and change it and transmute it into usable fuel and energy without toxins. So, so I am optimistic. If anyone can hear that, there are solutions. There are companies. There are people doing it correctly. And we need to wake up to that fact and put our attention, put our money, put our product consumerism into those types of things. And, and lower, we're all getting plastic. We're all getting exposed to all this stuff. And you can't stop it because stuff just happens. But at the end of the day, we have to be more and more aware. Um, so I am optimistic. And I'm also aware that this whole other path of these people doing what they're doing is just doing what they're doing and they're going to keep yeah. doing. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, where we put our money matters, right? Like what we choose to buy matters. And I can even see it. Anyone can see it in a grocery store now. Yeah. Like when I used to grocery shop 10 years ago, there'd be like a little section for like organic food and like some healthy products. And now there's a whole section for organic food, tons of healthy products. Like I mean, the marketing green greenwashing is definitely a situation that's going on, but we are seeing uh, an increase in healthier alternatives, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's making it more accessible for everybody um, and at a better price point for some people too, which also matters. 100%. Yeah. So, that, that, yeah. 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 So for Baruka's nuts, like your business, how, how is it sustainable? Yeah. Like how is it a sustainable business? Like exactly what do you do? Yeah. So, I mean, very early on when I first tasted the Barucas and then tested them and saw all of the nutrients, the next question is, is this even possible? Mm -hmm. um, so showing up in Brazil several times with a full team, we ended up having to interview 
everything from a badass uh, woman elder who ran her whole indigenous community to scientists at university to ethnobotanists to to village leaders to whatever to really get an understanding of what is going on with the Brukas. Well, it grows wild in the Sahadu that it's being threatened by the deforestation. So number one, how do we support this tree? How do we create value where there doesn't be, doesn't, where there isn't perceived value? Because right now, and it happens all over the place, it's happened in almost every country I've been in, in the Amazon itself. If they don't perceive that value of those medicinal plants, that incredible oxygenation that's going on in a million medicinal plants, if they don't perceive that as value, then they'll just wipe it out for their, you know, for their cash grab of their cattle and their beef industry, et cetera. So number one, by customers buying Barucas, we know that we will create value back in that tree. And so then that tree gives the indigenous people a way out. So they don't have to sell their land to, to have money for that. Cause they're, we're all wanting the same thing. We mm -hmm. want, we want to provide for our family. We want to ha have water, power, food, shelter, period. We all want that. So we saw the value in that tree and we created the model in order for that to be sustainable. And that is driven by capital, conscious capitalism, right? So by people buying it, we set that up. And so we then went out and, and all of the collectors or all the indigenous people, we realized like, over a decade of them trying to do this within country and sell these nuts. How is it? It's not working. It's too labor intensive. The mm. geolo geology is way too big. There's no monocropping. It's not easy. So we had to invest in infrastructure. We had to invest in them and figure out what was understanding. We had to understand the economics of them. What is fair? What is their fair trade within other industries? What is, nor what is, what is their, what allows them to jump out of the bed in the morning and also not have them win the lottery? You can't just give people, we see this all the time, people win the lottery and you're right back with more problems to, with no money, with more problems. So in working with indigenous people in infinite amount of countries, you have to understand them. You have to understand what their economy is. You have to understand what, gives them motivation and not undercuts them uh, and then exploits them. So we, mm -hmm. we, we amped up that fair trade. We spent hundreds of hours understanding that system. And then we announced that price so that a middleman can't, can't come in and, and say, well, this is the price they're buying it for. Like, no, 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 that was on the radio. We know how much the Baruchas team are buying. So we're just going to deal directly with them. So we mm. kind of, solved a lot of those issues and then our reputation over time of paying the people and paying on time and paying at these prices that motivates people and so then you know your reputation builds on it on top of it and and then and then of course tree planting programs because of the devastation because of the deforestation let's plant more of those trees and that's not mm -hmm. easy so we've started and stopped with certain organizations and we're still trying to optimize as best that we can but getting trees in the ground other flora and fauna is super important to to uh support um 
and 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 so many other people and companies and 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 things are getting behind that kind of thing mm-hmm. um and so then you know how do we optimize the what is not optimized you know we had to come in and buy a facility that was closing their doors we had to go out and try out three years of engineers around the world to try to figure out how to crack this nut and mm-hmm. and so we had to innovate uh, mm-hmm. because it didn't exist. There was mm-hmm. no nut cracking machine that ever existed that would ever c- crack this nut. So, wow. so <gasps> it, it literally, we tried everything and, wow. and, a, and a, probably up to about a million dollars. Wow. So, so ultimately how do we keep it cheap enough mm. so that people can buy this premium nut, mm-hmm. right? So if we can do all this work and it still comes back and it's, you know, 27, you know, it's a hundred dollars a bag. Well, that's not going to be sustainable. So we had to figure out all those economies, even in the midterm before we found mechanizations of how we could actually make this sustainable. And then obviously the end goal is getting a delicious, consistent nut processed Mm -hmm. consistently HACCP certified, right? All of the regulations that literally did not exist at all in that industry. So we had to set that standard of HACCP certification, all the regulatory principles that it would take in order for be, be successful and effective and safe to get those nuts out of Brazil into the country and consistent enough uh, and healthy enough for people to, con- to, to consistently enjoy a wild food. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, man, uh, it's, it, it, it's not, it's not easy at all. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I say this all the time. I've literally been on mountaintops, uh, and, and in jungles. And if you would understand journey, the journey of food, the journey mm-hmm. of your supplements, uh, some more horrible than others and not in a good way and overprocessed and underutilized and all of that stuff. But we just like to tell the real story of this is what it takes. This is what we've gone through. This is what it's supporting and it's supporting you in the process. So, um, yeah. And, and, and optimizing as the, as the, com- as the company grows, you know, it's always has new problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, I find it very interesting and it, it's, it seems like it's been a very long journey for you, but very rewarding. Um, and you're at a place now where your business is growing so quickly, you're three years in and you're shipping internationally. So like, it must feel very good, even though you have more problems now to be in this space. Uh, I imagine, you know, listen, I think being, kind of formulating for other companies, which has been a blessing for me and there's no complaints, but being able to have a company that I kind of doubled down on and zeroed in on and, and uh, being able to put 20 years of, of myself and my experience into a company like this. And I, listen, I have many others. I'm really going to start expanding my superfood reach here in a, in a bit. Um, And so I'm primed, I'm ready. I, Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love this space because it, because for me, going back to the origin of it, it helps the people on the lands. It helps the environment by us learning about what it is required in those environments and then supporting 
supporting that in this case, planting trees. And it's rewarding to the customer because the customer gets blown away with nutrients and taste. To me, that's just the, that's just a very, if it was sustainable, I'd literally just give all this stuff away because I get so much joy and watching people eat those nuts and their 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 face changes oh. and you know it's 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 really the best it, it yeah. really is i'd like to interrupt this podcast to talk to you about sensate you've probably seen me talk about them on instagram lately um, and i'm finding it very interesting to be using this device regularly throughout the week it is a device that helps tone the vagus nerve and it does this through sound and vibration. Um, the vagus nerve is really important for keeping you calm, keeping you out of the fight or flight mode, um, and really like just really great for stress management because of how it <laughs> talks to the rest of the body and how it helps everything kind of connect. It's really cool to use a device for something like this compared to a supplement um, or, you know, breathing techniques or anything like, like that. Like it's, it's cool to try something different and that's exactly what Sensate is. So it tones the vagus nerve through sound and vibration. So you hang it from your neck and you lean back against the couch or you lie down and let it vibrate right on your chest, uh, your chest plate. And that's where you're actually able to tone the vagus nerve and reach it. So it's very interesting. And it's cool because you actually feel the difference right away. Um, if you're stressed with work and you take, you know, 10 minutes aside and go and use this, like you'll feel calmer within like a couple of minutes. It's really, really cool. Um, and the science behind this company is very, very interesting and is a very growing field. So I'm excited to see that. Um, but yeah, I definitely recommend trying it if you're looking for something that's a different for stress management and for um, getting into your parasympathetic state more often. And you can definitely go and use it and use my discount code. Please use that. I love getting these for you, for my listeners. Um, my discount code is biohackingbrittany and you can use that at getsensate.com slash biohackingbrittany. Um, and yeah, definitely try it out. And if you have any feedback or love it and want to talk about it, you can always message me and I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I love that. Um, there's a concept called philanthrocapitalism, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Um, and for everyone listening, it's basically this idea that in your business, you give back in some sort of way, right? So you'll buy something and 1% will go to a charity or they'll plant a tree or they'll, you know, buy a pair of shoes and a pair of shoes goes to a kid somewhere. And, and it's interesting because when you make those purchases, you feel better as a consumer. Um, there's also some problems with it though. And a lot of that has to do with like the marketing around it, but a big criticism of it in general is that the very practices that the business does actually causes the problem that they are trying to solve through these initiatives. <laughs> so for an example, like, I think of Coca-Cola and their polar bear uh, campaign, right? So I don't think they do it anymore, but it was a few years ago where every Christmas there'd be like polar bears on the bottles and they're so cute. And you buy the Coca-Cola bottle and it's like, oh, like 1% goes back to saving the polar bears and you feel so good and, and all of these things. 
But in reality, their factories that are creating the Coca-Cola, that is creating the plastic bottles, actually emits so much gas, so much CO2 that is contributing to melting the ice that these polar bears are on. So it's kind of like a band-aid approach and not very like 360 and not very holistic. So whenever I see companies like yours who are trying to be more holistic and 360 in the nature, I find it very intriguing. So like for people listening, what do you recommend for them if they want to make a business or have their business be not, not have a band-aid approach, like be more, um, yeah, be more holistic in nature in terms of sustainability. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's so funny because I've never approached it with trying to be sustainable. I've only approached it from the standpoint of what's right to do, mm. especially when you learn, like, what is the product that you're looking to, to do and what are the, take a realistic approach, right? Like what's required to get that product produced and who has to do it? Where is it being done? Uh, how is it being done? What's being used to do it in every way? That's why I've spent, I've probably been in a thousand processing facilities from here in the States to anywhere in the world, from the craziest huts to, to <laughs> you name it, people trying to think that they can get a business out that way. So you have to be willing when you receive, like, say you're making a gadget, where are all the pieces coming from? Who's mm -hmm. doing it? Mm -hmm. it? You know, there's horrible things of computer parts being created in Malaysia by sweat workers of children. Mm -hmm. Like where you have to look under the hood. And as soon as you look under the hood, you realize, ooh, not that. But it's yeah. going to cost me another 50% of mm -hmm. this product. Well, figure it out a different way figure out put that into your model or else you're just slowly demoralizing yourself mm. so so wake up open your eyes be willing to do things differently and i i believe at my core you'll be rewarded for it it may take longer mm -hmm. it may be a little harder it may get resistance people may say you're weird Whatever, you got to find partners who are willing to believe in you, who are willing to jump in. Um, and that, that is changing. That is, there are eager people. I just got 25 volunteers, normal people, researchers, undergrads, master's students, just to do research for me. And just because they wanted to, they want to put them, their energy into something that's doing good. So you can find these people. Mm -hmm. So if you get a bunch of gray hairs that say that's going to be too expensive, get rid of them. <laughs> you get, you know, get, get, do things differently and spend the time creating those foundations. And like, listen, it wasn't easy. None of this is easy. Yeah. You know, getting to Brazil, traveling thousands of miles through devastated areas, meeting hundreds of people. Is that easy? Mm -hmm. No, but it's the right thing to do or else I don't really understand how to do this business. So that, that is the philosophy. 
I would say you have to do with all that and you will be rewarded. I promise there are, there are people wanting to do this. There are in, in impact funds. There are, there are a lot of VCs. There are a lot of organizations. There's a lot of grants. There's a lot of things opening it up for people to do business correctly. So treat your business and the people that you're going to sell to as if they already know everything you're doing, mm. even if they don't. Because mm. the universe always is listening and watching you. So don't hide it, yeah. show it, and then market it. And I never even believe in marketing. I just tell the real story. Tell how you did it. That foundation of your hard work is literally your story that people are going to go, it's not the thing, it's you that they're buying into. So if you're there to spend all this time and then do all this work, and then you're going to sell out your morality, and now you share that story on some level, someone may pick up on that and go, mm, I don't really believe this dude. Yeah. You know, so you got, you know, you got, it's between you and your maker anyway. So you're being watched <laughs> at all times. <laughs> so, so just do, do the best you can with what you know, but be willing to dig into it and figure out what's going on. So you know, fully what's going on with your product. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I feel like that just keeps people accountable, accountable. Um, and really just like sticking to being authentic with yourself and with your business is like you said, um, do you think there's anything wrong with the narrative around when you make a purchase and you give 1% back? Like, do you think that that is, yeah. Do you think it's problematic at all? Or do you think it's better than nothing? Depends on that organization of they're giving it to, because sometimes they don't even, they don't even know what that organization is doing. It's the same thing. So if mm. you're going to put your hard earned money that you made on your business mm -hmm. and you're going to give it to this organization, are you giving it to that organization? Cause that organization is the most marketable. Are they actually doing it? Do you actually know? Have you been there? Are you willing to do the same due diligence with that company as you would with your own? Cause it's still your money. Do you want the impact? Are you truly behind it? Because it, there's always a situation where, yeah, you know, if certain businesses have created their nonprofits and, and they're effective at doing their job, mm -hmm. then why do I want to recreate the wheel? Like if I want to support the ocean, then, then I want to back this organization that's literally doing it. And if you're going to do that, then go show up. Go see what they're doing. Go pull, pull back the layers and do it. Uh, and then you'll actually authentically, again, be able to tell the real story and share mm -hmm. that. Like, hey, you know why we're, we're aligned with this organization? Well, last year I went and I spent a week in the Galapagos and they're cleaning up plastic there. They're supporting the, the native species, whatever it is. I was there. You can't take the experience away. And, and that's authentic. So, so I think there can be a problem mm -hmm. because it can be just another greenwashing situation. Hey, yeah. cool. We're giving this away, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of organizations that are corrupt as freaking hell. Yeah. Right. Um, 
Dolphins save tuna for God, for God's sakes. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe they're trying. Yeah. Maybe they're trying, but largely ineffective, right? Yeah. Makes you feel good. Oh, cool. All I want mm. is my tuna, man. And see, it's dolphin safe. Well, I'm going to support that. Well, you dig underneath that. Is that really going on? No, not effectively. So mm-hmm. now you're not. So, so, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. Yeah. Honestly, I hate that. Like, I hate the idea that people are just like lying to me when I buy a product. And I, I don't know if that's like naive to say, but like, how can you just like get away with that? And how can you like even feel good about just labeling that or putting that on your website and just think it's fine. Oh, we know this is going to increase our sales. We're not actually going to give back percentage to this said charity or whatever. Like it's just bullshit. And it just, it just bugs me. <laughs> well, because the religion is profit. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. Like our religious views will destroy the world and people in the face of profit. Yeah. So let's be honest with our religion here, right? Our religion is they care more about their bottom line than any sentient being in the world. Is that spiritual? Is that moral? Is that ethical? Of course not, but they bought into it. And for the most part, we've allowed as a society for that to happen. Now it's on our watch. Now we're here right now. Now we, we have, we have voting power and that voting power is the choices you're making. That voting power is the money that you're using to support companies to the best of your ability. Learn about the companies that you're supporting. Mm-hmm. And, and then the nearly 8 billion people in the world can change any policy because yeah. the governments are for us. Regulatory bodies are for us. But if we call them out, then they'll have to respond. Yeah. I love that. I feel like this is such a like wake up episode, everybody like, come on, get it together. <laughs> Let's go. Um, so I am, I don't know if you've seen, but probably not. I am developing EMF blocking underwear for women mm. um, because there's none on the market and I want them for myself. And the ovaries are very mitochondria dense and very important. And there's research that shows EMF impacts fertility, ovulation, pregnancy, miscarriages, birth defects. Um, And so I've been making this product since I had the idea last fall. I mean, it's been months in the making already. And now this discussion is making me actually think more about where my fabric is coming from and the hands that are touching it and what to do and EMF fabric. I don't know how much, you know, but there's not a lot of people making it and it's from China. And now I'm kind of like questioning things more. So, (laughs) well, well, you should, I mean, clothes, clothes are, clothes are pretty intense. Yeah. Um, The the clothing industry is really intense. Uh, And there's a lot of, talk about hormone disrupting chemicals and formaldehydes and dyes in all of those clothes, which are, which would undermine the very principle of you protecting the body and the hormone system. Mm -hmm. Um, Most personal care products on the planet are, are literally undermining both male and female reproductive. So 
that's kind of sinister. So, so, so yes, uh, you need to dig on that one uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, because the same fortitude that you're taking with the EMF, which I fully support, it's the same with every material uh, mm. that, that you're looking because that's on the body, right? Mm-hmm. That's on the body and even pla- you know, recycle this and recycle. It doesn't mean that it's safe. It's just yeah. a recycled something or other. It doesn't mean that it's good to have next to your mm. body, right? So it doesn't mean that that color, the red, that's beautiful, you like that color and you like the blue and you like the, I'm going to come out with the yellow and the blue and the red. Well, are those natural dyes? Yeah. Are they plant plant derived? What are they? Cause those, those will undercut this, the very thing that you're wanting to do. And obviously you want to protect health. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Uh, dig into it. But I do know that there are some great, manufacturers in China doing the great, doing the right thing. So we can't just clump. I've been to China. Mm-hmm. I love China, not the cities, not, I don't support the government. I don't support, but great people, incredible mm. people, you know, for the most part, everyone is amazing and they're just like you and I. So there's great people doing great things, trying to do the right thing, just like here. Mm-hmm. And there's organizations and companies and exploiting people and, and information. And, and I think for you, find a representative, Chinese representative that you can trust almost like your sister or brother. Mm-hmm. Because they can eyeball everything they can sign off on everything they can create that Mm -hmm. trust and respect Mm -hmm. so i would work nothing wrong keep developing keep creating keep doing all that stuff Mm -hmm. make sure that you own the ip make sure you own so that if you need to move manufacturers you can do that yeah but but, uh, you know i'd like to interrupt this podcast today to talk to you about inside tracker So the truth is that people age at different speeds. The date that marks your birthday doesn't necessarily reflect your body's biological age or known as your inner age with Inside Tracker. Learning your biological age can definitely seem daunting at first, and I felt the same way when I did this test. But it's more than just a simple measurement. It's the starting point for you to take control of your health and wellness journey. Inside Tracker is a personalized nutrition platform that analyzes your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and now fitness trackers to help you optimize your performance from the inside out. First, they analyze your body's biomarker data to offer you a clear picture of what's going on inside. Then they provide science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes and track your progress every step of the way. If you're interested in this, definitely check it out. I'm so, so happy I did it. I learned a lot about what's going on for me. You can use my discount code BiohackingBrittany through the link in the show notes, and that will get you 25% off both testing your biological age and any of the other tests and products as well. So that's BiohackingBrittany for 25% off. Very interesting. Yeah. I, when I first started looking into it, I was looking for organic fabric. I was looking for 
fabric that might have hemp in it because hemp is more uh, environmentally friendly. And because EMF is such a new frontier and it's a new, it's not very saturated right now, like the fabric that you can choose from is very limited. So ideally my long-term goal is actually to make my own fabric. And again, like you said, like not just recycled plastic and turned into spandex, but actually like, how does this not rub off on our body and create further hormonal issues? And how can we protect from EMF and actually have healthy, sustainable fabric at the same time? Like that is a big undertaking and is very, very interesting. I would say all of it, do it because, <laughs> okay. because the, because the fact that the fact that it doesn't exist, that's where I get excited. Mm-hmm. Right. And you should be excited. Yeah. The, yeah. the fact that you're, you're, you're literally putting your finger right on a place. That's a gap, that gap you can fill that yeah. gap. You can do something about Is it going to be easy. Nope. <laughs> Is it going to take a lot longer? Yep. But what, what, what's your true North? Mm. Yeah. Hey, if you can put food on the table and take care of yourself until you get there. Yeah, exactly. Do it right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that. So in terms of like EMF in general, I know you've like put out quite a few podcast episodes about it. Mm. Um, how, like, are you actually very, very concerned about it? Like, like personally, like, do you, do you think it's as big of a problem as people claim it to be? Or like, where do you stand on the spectrum? Concerned, very concerned, extremely concerned. Um, I've been concerned about it for 20 years when one of my favorite researchers started talking to me about putting a cell phone up to my head. And he started talking about all the radiation and it was like way, way before I was like, no way. Why would they give us all, why would they put this in our hands? And why would we put it up to our heads? So, and then it's just more and more of it. And now like what, 20 years later, we're, we're swimming in a soup of electrical pollution. And what is that? Stress. And so you never turn off, your body never shuts down. Um, and then, you know, 4G, 5G, whatever G, uh, amplification, smart, smart, creating smart technology. So everything's running everything and, and, and uh, facial recognition. It's like, it, it's just, and it's invisible, which is also scary. Um, because we can't see it with our naked eye and we don't know what the effects are. So um, we're not feeling, most of us aren't feeling the, the ongoing pollution that's being poured on you at all times, mm-hmm. all, all times. And so it's, you don't think about it. So you're like, okay, well, this is literally affecting every cell, every RNA signal, creating stress in the body, shoving calcium out of the cell. Like, like it's dangerous. It's stressful. Um, it's creating cellular change, DNA change, RNA change. So 
do, you know, do everything you can to keep yourself away, mm-hmm. shut it down when you can. I mean, I've got a Faraday cage over my router. My router gets shut off at night. I've got uh, uh, a Soma Veda technology. I got Bluetooth technology. I've got, when you understand frequencies, mm-hmm. I mean, this is a massive rabbit hole, <laughs> but literally everything in this reality, mm-hmm. seen and unseen, is all based in frequency down mm-hmm. to the cell, down to the atom. It's frequency. And so, again, we go back full circle. We have created frequencies that are not harmonious to nature. They're not harmonious to us. Our body's job is to constantly regulate and harmonize with nature. The, the, the beautiful earth, the magnetic field, the dissipation of stress from the earth, the, the sun, the UVs, all of this stuff is harmonious. Mm. And when we've created all of these invisible waves that are mechanical, that they're disrupting, our bodies are trying to harmonize something that they can't harmonize, which is creating a further and deeper problem biologically and chemically. And we wonder why things aren't working. So we need to shut things down. We need to turn harmonizing things with us. I mean, I have pendants, I have crystals, I have devices. I love energy technology, energy technology, or um, those, those things have been around since Tesla and beyond. Hell, that the, the, they're finding out more and more information about the pyramids, how beneficial that energy field is around the pyramids, promoting life. So Mm -hmm. we're really in our infancy understanding frequency generation or frequency destruction. But we do know that the things that we're creating, um, the electrical pollution, that's destroying life. It's not compatible. It's just like a cigarette. If, If you think taking in a cigarette is healthy, for you, that's what they were ta- trying to tell you. There's nothing wrong with it. And next thing you know, it's destroying life. It's the same thing going on here. So, yeah, it freaks me out like crazy. Um, and so I, I love to support people doing something different. And at the end of the day, I'm also created a world where I'm in nature. So I go outside. Um, as soon as I'm done here, I'm outside. Yeah. Right? Um so we have to create a better world for ourselves. Cities don't, cities aren't great. You've got to protect yourself, you yeah. know? So just consider it as pollution. You just can't see it. Educate yourself, read up about it. Um, and there's some real science around it that's proving yeah. what it is that we're saying. Yeah, I love that. Um, I like to say EMF is the new smoking, you know? Yeah. And we're kind of in that, that zone right now where like, not a lot of people know about it. Um, not a lot of people are scared about it. It's not mainstream yet. So it's very interesting. Um, and yeah, I'm, my partner and I are looking to buy a house right now. And it's a big thing on my mind is like, how close to cell phone towers are we? How close to the city are we? 5G towers, like 
it's pretty scary. Um, smart, smart meters on the house. It's a yeah. very, very big deal. You know, yeah. there's all, all kinds of things to consider. You're, you're absolutely right. Those are the, those are the first things to look at because there's nothing, there's not a lot you can do once you have a, a cell phone tower pop up next to your house. Um, yeah. That's unless you're going to, you know, put a ski mask on and take it down at night. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, I don't want to take up any more time of your time. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, I know you just wrapped up your second season of down to earth, right? Um, or is there anything cool coming out with that? Anything exciting? Did you go to Africa? That's my main question. Did you go to Africa? Uh, not for filming. Not we for filming. To, we went to Australia. Oh. Um, I've been to Africa several times. Amazing cool. country. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. This next season, I can't say anything about it, but you know, we have a, <laughs> we're we're uh it was life-changing for sure we're it's 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 deeper um because we because of the restrictions we weren't able to leave one country so but it turned out to be extraordinarily rich because a lot of aboriginal uh knowledge was shared a lot of scientific information was shared a lot of deeper understanding of of some systems in our world. So we really had a a great and intense time. Um, So I'm excited to see it all come together. I have no idea when it's going to come out yet, but they're currently editing it, editing it. And, uh, and it should be, should be good. (laughs) Cool. Amazing. I'm excited. I love Australia. That's like such a nice place to spend your time during the pandemic. (laughs) 100%. Yeah. So if people want to try your Baruka's nuts or connect with you, where can they find you if they don't already follow you? Yeah. So Baruka's.com, B-A-R-U-K-A-S. We've got nut butters. We've got chocolate covered. We've got trail mix, uh, sea salt, all Mm, of that stuff. Incredible. And we'll get you some, make sure to send me your address. And and, um, yeah, tons of projects coming. DarrenOlean.com. Darren Olean on all social platforms. Um, I do a Darren's deep dive every Tuesday at 12 Pacific standard time. I drive into some subjects and I got a couple podcasts coming out every week. So we're staying busy. Cool. I know. I, I see it. I love it. I'm so excited. Um, great. So I'll add that to the show notes and yeah, thank you for coming on. Thank you, Brittany. I really appreciate it. It's fun. Thank you so much for tuning in today. As always, feel free to screenshot this episode and tag me if you'd like me to respond. I really hope you enjoyed it and learned something new. If you have a question about your health, my DMs are always open and I'm currently taking new clients. Thanks and see you next time.